Thanks for checking out our weekly Sunday message from Carrollton UMC. We pray that God will use this to speak to you and help you grow in faith. We invite you to join us this Sunday at our 10.30 a.m. one-hour service, in person at our location in Uptown New Orleans, or live online on our YouTube channel or Facebook page. To learn more about Carrollton, please visit us at carrolltonumc.com. We hope you enjoy this message. So now we move into the time of our scripture, right? And uh, we are reading from Luke chapter 5, verses 33 through 39 in the NLT uh, translation. So hear these words. One day, some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Jesus responded, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and they will then fast. Then Jesus gave them this illustration or parable. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch to an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable to you, for you indeed are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I just love Jesus' parables. They can be a, a conundrum sometimes and make us think, and this one does just that. Well, it's no secret that I love red wine. Just putting it out there. Dry, ideally well-aged reds. Cabernets, Pinot Noir, Zinfandel, and Chianti. Red, dry. And consumption, of course, in moderation, because after all, self-control is one of the fruit of the Spirit in our scriptures. Galatians 5. (laughs) I love this new and old wineskins parable because it seems each time that I read it, because it's odd, and you look at it, different translations to it, and it just kind of touches you in different ways. Each time I read it, there's new meanings or angles that surface. It's profound, but yet applicable in life still. So I also chose this passage because we are Easter people. Easter wasn't long ago. We're post-resurrection New life, new covenant in the risen Christ. So I let this parable kind of marinate in my mind for a couple weeks. And and during my contemplation, various iterations of meaning surfaced. So I prayed over it and just let the Holy Spirit guide me to share these words that I bring to you today. New wine is like the new covenant in Jesus Christ. Old wineskins are old ways of being. 
new friends, the thrill of meeting new people, old friends, treasures of past memories in long-time relationships, new stages of life, exciting but scary, old stages of life, generations past and ways of living that were so good. Now, I may be totally off base of what Jesus' parable meant to the disciples at the time, but what God has laid, that's what's good about the Bible because it's a living Bible. It, it touches you on what you're feeling and going through. But God laid on my heart from this parable is that we shouldn't allow, and the songs this morning were just spot on. God works in amazing ways. That we shouldn't allow our past old selves, our broken selves, taint our new selves. But we can cherish the fine, well-aged parts of us, too. The old can be good. Like our lived experiences and friendships. That's what's, that's what's made each one of us a unique child of God. Because you see, once we ask Jesus to come into our hearts and proclaim him as our Lord and Savior, then living out our Christian faith, we are made new. Of course, that's a simplistic description of becoming a Christian. But once it's happened, then in this new life in Christ, we have the peace, the peace that we feel in our hearts that passes our understanding, just like the song that was said, sung this morning. As it says in Philippians 4, 7, quote, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Indeed, the Holy Spirit worked with these songs that they sang, and they didn't even know my sermon. I'm telling you, it's this divine peace that, that empowers us. Once we have Christ in our hearts, we're able to, to give and, and to receive love more profoundly, authentically, and fills our experiences with life with, with more joy, more positivity, more, more grace, and more strength. And continuing with Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, indeed, we are Easter people. Christ is risen indeed, and in him he makes all things new in us. That said, the old in our lives has shaped who, we, who we've come today, right? Like we're shaped by our, our, our experiences, but we don't have to wear the negative, the, the old mistakes, the deep regrets, the, the bad lifestyles, the soul-sucking trauma that we've had. We don't need to wear it on our sleeves like patches of hurt and disgrace and, and shame because we are not who we once were after we accept Christ in our hearts and begin that relationship and deepen our relationship with God over time. Because remember, folks, our faith walk is a journey. Our journey, two steps forward, one step back. And I know it's a cliche, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. Our past wounds and sufferings are weaved into our being and has built character in us. Like the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans, he said in Romans 5, 3 through 5 verses, quote, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance 
develop strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love, end quote. But we silly humans, we can easily get set in our ways, right? Get comfortable with the known and the familiar, the familiar people around us. And sometimes we can be weary of of new things and meeting new people, right? I don't know about you. Sometimes it's hard. But Jesus encourages us to be in a community with one another. That's what we're doing right now. Even online, we are in community here and online together. He asks us to love our neighbors as ourselves, to eat with sinners, the broken people, the strangers, because that's who we are, and be a good Samaritan to all. So I think that's a perfect reminder. Here's a little plug for Pastor Dan and y'all. Perfect segue into the new dinner club. Our church is starting up. Pastor Dan made some announcements and sent out an email to respond and express your interest in this dinner club concept. And and Pastor Dan launched this when he was in North Carolina years ago. And he also was the catalyst of doing the dinner club at First United Methodist Church when he and I served together in Slidell many years ago. We had a dinner club. And, And I'm telling you, it's tons of fun and a great way to meet new people and to deepen relationships with our friends and come into community in small groups together. So I hope you prayerfully consider for signing up uh, for that experience. Now, new friends are great, but old friends are a treasure, like well-aged wine getting better over the years. I'm sure many of you have friends like this, friends that you've had 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right? Depending on how old you are. Can you think of one of those long time friends that you're still connected with right now. Think about that person. I see some smiles out there. Well, I'm going to share some treasures with you. Let's cue up Debbie. You see Debbie? I sent them pictures. There we go. Debbie is my childhood neighborhood friend, you know, running around when you're younger in the neighborhood that I periodically kept in touch with over the past 43 years that we've been friends. She lives in Florida, and last year she and her husband were trekking across country, and she made a stop here and visited us, and that was such a treat. Sweet memories with this lady. And then there's Wendy. Wendy is my best girlfriend from high school. BFF, they used to say, right? I don't know if they do that anymore. Best friends forever. (laughs) And we've stayed connected. And for the past four years now, we've been visiting each other every year. And we've been friends for 43 years. Old friend. I visited her in Kansas City just last month. That's what this picture's from. And then she comes here. So now I see her two times a year. It's a straight, direct flight. She is a treasure. And then I have Stacy. Stacy visited me just two weeks ago, a dear friend of mine I worked with when, I lived in, when we lived in Massachusetts, uh, and she came down here to New Orleans for a wedding and extended her trip to visit with uh, me, and we've been friends for 26 years. She recently lost her husband, and so I loved just being with her and providing support for her and, and catching up on our families. Stacy is a gift. And then there's Brian. Brian is my best guy friend from high school. And just last week, I was in Maryland, where I grew up, visiting my mother 
and I was able to spend some sweet time with Brian. And he's also one of the best friends of my husband, Paul. So it's, uh, he is such a gem and important to me. And then finally, there's Arlette. Arlette was in my arms as well just last week in Maryland. And she's a high school friend and was also my college roommate for two years. Tons of fun with this girl. Like Debbie, Wendy, and Brian, Arlette and I also have been friends for 43 years. And what a blessing they all are to me. You know, each friend, and I know you can relate to this, each friend touched my heart. And I'd do anything for them, and they would do anything for me as well. And like in all well-aged friendships, when we see one another, it's like time has never passed. If you had that experience with your friends, it's, it's just you just pick up right where you left off. I'm sure you can relate to these kinds of friends in your life. It is a gift. Indeed, there is a thrill and freshness in new friends. And with old friends, we cherish the memories of the past and the richness of maintaining long-time friendships. So in this case, unlike our scripture parable today, we are blending the old and the new when it comes to friendships because such relationships enrich your life. The old is good. So I encourage you to give thanks to God for the friends in your life. For those who lift you up, the ones that you can count on, the ones that hold you accountable, make you laugh, the friends that make you think, because we are all on this journey together called life. And it's much like the friendship Jesus had with his disciples and how Jesus calls us friend. Jesus said, quote, this is my commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than to give up one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. Jesus said that. You are my friends if you do what I command. I don't call you servants any longer, he says, because servants don't know what their master is doing. Jesus said, instead, I call you friends because everything I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus is sharing this with us. That is a gift. We are his friend. That's from John, the Gospel of John chapter 15. It's like that old hymn, What a Friend I Have in Jesus. Y'all know that one, right? Yes. So I have two challenges for you today. This week, call a friend from your past that you haven't spoken to in a long time and let them know how much they mean to you. Catch up. Reminisce. You'll be so glad you did. And, and challenge number two, make an effort to meet a new friend. Join the dinner club here at church. Another plug. Bring cookies or flowers to a neighbor you've never met. Or maybe, this one's risky, you got to be bold. If you strike up a good conversation with someone in the grocery store line, if you just, you know, because there are long lines now with that self-checkout. So if you start talking to people, get a number and ask for coffee. Like if you have a good connection, a total stranger. You never know. Paul did something like that years ago with Josh. Remember that? So make a friend. You get the idea. So you see, in Christ... With Christ in our hearts, we have a gift in this new covenant. Combined with the old and new friends in our life, we journey together through the seasons of time. And like chapter 3 in Ecclesiastes, you know what this one is. To everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up with that which is planted, and it goes on and on. 
Indeed, there is a time and a season for everything, which brings me to my very last point. This, there is a profound meaning in seasons, in chapters of life from generation to generation. I mentioned I was in Maryland last week. I was there for six days helping my mother move out of her home of 31 years after we sold it and then moving her into an independent living apartment in a retirement community. We have a picture of that, the, the front of the Mallard Landing a building. Nope. Oh, that's the house. Oh, go back. <laughs> I don't know if people online see this. Go back to see the house. That's my mom, mom's house she sold. And then now the next one is the um, front of the uh, independent living. And it's bittersweet because you see, my dad died almost six years ago. And in fact, I don't know, you all won't remember, but in fact, my parents have visited this church over the years because I've been substitute preaching here for, gosh, about six or eight years. And uh, they have been here before. And you all prayed for my father as he went through his chemo treatments. And I thank you for that. And I'm an only child, so helping my mom alone through these life-changing transitions while being long distance from her has been challenging to say the least. But it's an honor to walk with her emotionally and spiritually during this transition and, and, and of course, also helping with the physical work. I'm kind of sore still from that, from all the moving. <laughs> I got her all settled into her new apartment. Last picture, my mom in front of her new door. <laughs> And, uh, and she's thrilled. That six days, I just returned yesterday. So it, this is all fresh in my mind. So new stages and seasons of life can be exciting, but also scary. And the past stages of life and fond memories can, can, can make a heart feel warm, even if it's accompanied with tears. Generations come and generations go. And before my visit with my mom, she sent me a bunch of boxes with, with keepsakes and pictures and, and like love letters from my father to her before they got married and, and their wedding album and, and even items from my grandparents when they were children, such as this. My, my mom sent her father's uh, Look at how old these are. This is like Disciples of Christ. It was like a conference he did. This is 1927 with my grandfather's notes in it and a hymnal, like book of worship. If you, any of you are interested in these kind of things, you can look afterwards. But such, such treasures. And, and when I looked at this, I'm going through it, the, the nostalgia and all, I, unexpectedly, Paul will attest, got choked up and found myself crying. And it, my mom is the only one left in her family. Her three siblings, her parents, and her husband have all died and joined one another in that great cloud of witnesses. And now my mom is handing these things down to me like her parents and, and her siblings did to her. And I bet you have these experiences too. She's handling this with grace and love. She's stronger than she realizes. And I'm crying because she always watches these, so she's going to hear it. And likely our son, Zach, We'll inherit the keepsakes, treasures, and junk <laughs> that we have. And so, generations and seasons press forward. But God is always steadfast and constant through it all, my friends. So I'm asking you today, how has the old in your life shaped who you are today? What will be new for you in this season? What will you release with whom will you reconnect? I like to think as the chapters of our lives move on like pages in a book, we too 
can be well-aged with new skin or old skin, new friends, old friends. Because as Christians, we have the new covenant in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we just give thanks. There is so much to celebrate and give you all the, the praise and glory for the old and the new. Help us to feel that newness, to accept that brokenness that you love us still. And help us to continue to grow in our faith wherever we are on that pendulum of our, our faith journey. We give thanks. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.